when we talk about the plumb line, we talk about this device, and I've shared with you from this podium before. It's a carpenter's tool, you know that. And it's, uh, it's a, a, the bob is on the end of the string, and it is, it is a, a device that we use to determine what we would call perpendicularity. Don't, I practice that word, so don't worry about it. I, I practiced it, so I can say it. So it, I do know how to say perpendicular, that which is uh, comes, you know, straight, and it, it's vertical. And it, when it touches, as it were, the ground or the or the foundation, it forms uh, two 90-degree angles. And so, and then you have, if you were to take that out, you'd have 180 degrees, which would go uh, straight uh, this uh, a particular way. For example, east and west, they never meet. So, but you, when you have that perfect 90-degree angle, you have a wall or, a, or whatever construction you have, it is straight, it is uh, vertical, perfectly straight. And in, this, in the book of Amos, the Lord was uh, talking to Amos, and we'll read it in a moment, about uh, Amos had this vision of God standing on a wall with a plumb line in his hand. And when I preached this the first time, I had two uh, builders shout out at something that kind of helped me preach. You know, like in the black church where I grew up, they help you preach. You know, and, and sometimes if you weren't doing well, they'll say, help him, Lord. <laughs> I don't want you all to get any of those habits. But uh, they, would do, they would help you preach. So these two, these two uh, elders helped me preach, and they said, Pastor, when, when, uh, that, uh, when you don't have perpendicularity, when you don't have a perfectly vertical wall, you say, you've got foundation problems. You have foundation problems. And I, I, I love that as they kind of shouted out and helped me preach a little bit. So what we want to do is use that because Amos was saying, that God was unhappy because that wall had been made uh, using a plumb line. It had been made using a plumb line. So something had happened from the time the wall was made until the time that God said, I need to judge not the wall per se, but I need to judge my people. And so we want to look at that and, and find out where we are. As I go forward, let me say it is my strong belief, and this. I try not to have some belief that I just take out of the sky, as it were, out of the air. Just, okay, this is what I believe. No, my beliefs, and I've learned that growing up. Actually, I was taught that and then had experiential knowledge till I learned that those things that are lasting aren't just things that come out of the air, as it were. They're, they are founded on something strong and, and positive. And so uh, what... God is saying is that his people were not built, brought together, without this plumb line or, or this plumb bob, plumb line. The plumb line uh, declared, it, it, it was it declared whether one was leaning one way or the other. And it did not matter which way the wall was leaning, we had a problem. And so I, I want to say this to believers because I, I really believe that we're living in a day, and I didn't just pull this out of the air, 
where God is doing something powerful. Remember that song we sang, God is doing something right now? He's healing somebody. He's saving someone. He's, is that all? Healing and saving? He's making a way for somebody. Yeah, and so God is doing something. The person who was singing that song didn't even look at me. So, so, so God is doing something. And what I want us to understand is that God is re- doing something right in the midst of us, and we need to determine what is God doing. That is, you cannot look at the world's situation and walk just like nothing is happening or wanting an old normal, you know, that's not coming. And so we have to understand what is God doing. So God is doing something in his people that is preparing us for worse days, worse days, worse worse days. I I remember as a young boy reading uh, in the book of Ezekiel with the watchman on the wall. You all know that that story about Ezekiel. The watchman was on the wall. He says the watchman's job was to watch for the enemy. And when the watchman saw the enemy, he should blow the trumpet. And if he did not blow the trumpet and the enemy came and destroyed the people, the blood would be upon him. But if he blew the trumpet, it would be on them because uh, they did not heed the warning. So don't ever be upset because God sends someone to warn. Don't ever. So the plumb line messages have been warning messages, all right? They've been warning messages. Most Christians probably have never heard uh, uh, of the plumb line because it's not something that we often have taught. We seem to have strayed as, as the church universal, not just here, but we seem to have strayed from the strict standard God has given us. And we have generally succumbed or given in to, yielded to, the pressures of the world system. The world system is designed to always exert pressure upon us. That's what it's designed. We may think otherwise, but should we think otherwise, we're wrong. It is designed to exert pressure. The world system is always trying to get us to conform. Yeah, not only us as parents and grandparents, but our children and our children's children. I see it happening all the time. The world is coming in with pressure to get our children to conform. And sometimes they will conform because they think, oh, I want to be accepted. But if, since, not if, but since we are already accepted by God, that should be enough for us. That should be enough for us. So, and never, ever stop teaching your children. Never stop teaching your children. As parents, it's not like, oh, they have reached this magical age of 21. I don't teach them. No, teach. If they're 31, teach them. 41, teach them. I'm still teaching. And I will tell you, if you teach them enough, you don't have to be there verbally. Your words will teach them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm standing here as a relatively young man. Relatively. But my father's words are still instructing me. Isn't that a mind-blowing thing? Even as I comport myself daily, I can still hear my dad talking to me. 
But I'm not weird. That's what God wants for us. And that's what the plumb line looks like. The plumb line is in the midst of God's people. I'm going to read the scripture in just a minute. So when we think about a plumb line, as we said, we're thinking about something that is perfectly straight, perfectly vertical. And so God wants our relationship to be perfectly vertical. That is, the first relationship that we must have is with God. And if it's not right, nothing else is right. You may say, oh, wait a minute, I disagree with Pastor. There are people who don't know God and they've got good relationships. No, not really. Because, because God is good. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, good master, what must I? Hey, wait a minute, boy. Wait a minute. Why are you calling me good? That, that, we need to establish that. You know, what are you trying to get at? He said, there's none good but God. So if you really want a good relationship, you must start with God. It must be perfectly plumb. Now, we, we heard a number of years ago, we did um, a year of systematic theology. Remember that, many of you? Oh, it's too many of you weren't here. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. And, and in that, I, I gave Pastor Stan uh, the, the assignment of common grace. The reason I gave it to him, I thought, he'll do a great job with common grace. You know, I wanted those, those good subjects, but I didn't take the, the best subjects because I gave them to, I thought, the best teachers, right? And so, uh, and I wanted them to look good. Well, in common grace, we find that, that everybody is experiencing the grace of God in some measure. Everybody. It's just because God is good. God is good. And so whenever you see a person who has a, a fairly decent or a good relationship and they don't know God, you say, well, they have one. It's only because God has been good to them. But that relationship is not like your relationship because if they are not perfectly vertical with God, at the end of their days, it's over. But with you, it continues. That's what the plumb line does. It continues with you. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. Thank you, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. So we are the church of God. We are God's people. Therefore, God has built us plumb. Now, I am going to read it scripturally. It's sort of like, um, you know, you're eating meals. I'll wash my hands later. You know, you're so hungry. But we're the, we are God's people. We're God's nation. We're God's country. And we are you could say an integral, uh, that is like indispensable, part of God's unshakable kingdom. And, and so th this is very, very important for us to know. Therefore, we must be, not ought to be, we must be plumb. We must be perfectly straight. Having the relationship with God, right, so that we might have a relationship with our brothers and our sisters that is correct. And so... Well, let's continue to look at this because um, in Amos 7, in Amos 7, uh, verses 7 through 9, it was for the third time the prophet was shown a vision of judgment. This time the sentence was unalterable. So we, as believers, we cannot have some idea of God that, oh, I know God loves me, I don't care what anybody says, God loves me. You know, when people say, I don't care what anybody says, they're already in trouble. So we must care what somebody is saying, what somebody is saying, because this last sentence was an unalterable 
sentence. It was of judgment. I've said to you before, and I don't know um, how you feel about it, but I've said for the last several years that our nation is under judgment. Not only is our nation under judgment, but the whole world is under judgment. And, and our nation in particular is under judgment. So those of us who are holding on to the nation as a security blanket, we need to let go of that and seek the Lord. And because every, yeah, thank you. Everything that's not plumb will be torn down. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Stay with me. Let's read the scripture now. The Lord held, that's Amos 7, verse 7. Are we there? The Lord held in his hand a plumb line. A plumb line is a cord with a lead weight used by builders to make sure that walls are constructed straight up and down. That's how we would call plumb in East Texas. We wouldn't say perpendicular. We wouldn't say vertical. We say straight up and down, right? You, you got straight up and down. A plumb line was also used to test existing walls to see whether they had settled or tilted, needing to be torn down because the, the, the rule is it has to be torn down because you can't trust a leaning wall to see whether that thing needs to be torn down. So God was setting a plumb line in, among his people, Israel, in Isaiah 28. He was setting a plumb line uh, uh, in his uh, people Israel. The nation had been built true to plumb, but now they needed, uh, they were not true to plumb. They were out of alignment and needed to be torn down. They were out of alignment and needed to be torn down. They were out of alignment. So you and I need to look at our lives and see whether we are out of alignment. So what do, how do we do that? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Where's my scripture? Man. Okay, put it on the wall up here. I'll read it. Okay, I, I told them, Amos 7, 7. Okay, listen. Uh, ooh. Oh, let me do this. <laughs> I'll read your back wall. Okay, oh, thank you now. Thus he showed me, behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. All right, so that's judgment. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. These are God's people, but he says, I'm not going to pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. But God is saying, you are not representing me, and I'm going to deal with that. So I believe it is very, very important with all of us to know that God hmm, will not allow us to continue to misrepresent him. Do you like this kind of preaching? <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, so in this, in this story, because the wall was not true to plumb, um, but, but was out, now out of alignment, it needed to be torn down. So God quickly, he quickly precluded any appeal from the prophet. See, we pastors and prophets around and whatever, we always want to go to God and say, God, one more chance, one more opportunity. Oh, God, please. And so God just said, uh-uh, this matter is settled. I'm not going to spare them any longer. 
They have failed to test the plumb line. The nation's chief structures, both religious and political, uh, are, need to be demolished. They have failed to test. And that's where the world is right now. Hallelujah. That's where the world is right now. They have failed the test. And, and as believers, we don't want to be on, not on the wrong side of worldly issues. That's not what I'm talking about. We don't want to be on the wrong side of God. If God says it needs to be torn down, you should not be over there arguing. No, he says, no, the religious institutions are, are messed up. The political institutions are messed up. I'm going to tear it all down. Wow. Wow. So then God, God answers. He says, behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people. That is, I have made this to be the last rule. This is the final measure. And I think this is where we are, beloved. Uh, let, me, let me just rush through here and tell you a couple of things. My wife was telling me once about a, a, a sermon that Dr. Doug Jackson preached. You don't know Dr. Doug Jackson. Man, man can preach. I mean, I listen. I mean, I'll hold his Bible. You know, that's fine. <laughs> he can just preach. So Dr. Jackson was preaching, preached this very, very powerful message titled, When Did Truth-Telling Become Troublemaking? Man, I'm telling you, I, I could just hear, hear my dad and his generation preaching that. You know, how the old preachers would, when did truth telling become troublemaking, you know. And he says, but in this message, in his message, he spoke of God's prophets getting into trouble and being accused of making trouble because they spoke God's words. In 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 15 through 18, uh, 1 Kings. He says, then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals or the Baals. You have followed false gods. Beloved, beloved, that's where we are. That's where we are. You know, take that as a man of God. That's where we are. We have done that in so many instances because what we see is affecting us, what we see on television, what we see in social media. All those things are affecting us. And sometimes I won't watch a, a bad movie. No, I never anymore. But I used to watch, watch, like to watch the gangsters, you know, the gangster movies. I would like to watch them, you know, where the, the good guy comes in and he beats them all up and stuff. I used to like it. But you know why I stopped watching them? Number one, because I, I, I said to the Lord, why are these crazy thoughts in my head? And he said, those action movies. He told me right away. I said, oh. So I stopped watching them. I don't watch, you know, I've got a particular set of skills. I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> I'm done with that. But, but, but let me tell you what was happening. I found myself. Yeah. I found myself. When somebody had done something really bad. And the person was coming in to deal with them in a final way. You know what I'm talking about. Not just beat them up, baby. Uh, baby, I, that's my wife. 
but, but not to beat them up, to shoot them up. And I'm going there, get them, get them, get them. I said, whoa, whoa. I, I'm a man of God. Are you still with me? That stuff influences us. You may say, well, it doesn't influence me. Yes, it does. That's why you have those bad dreams. I stopped that stuff, and I talked to God, and I, don't, I haven't had a bad dream. I can't tell you when. I used to have them regularly. Why? I'm saying that the world system is crowding in on us, trying to mold us. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. That's what God wants for us. That's what God wants for us. So, so this plumb line message is amazing. You don't get a buy because you're at home and nobody sees you. You don't get a buy. Wow. This is amazing, isn't it? People of God, we must throw off our shackles and stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, bondage to the world system. Let's, let's remove ourselves from it. Can I say it in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Uh, I, I want to just jump really quickly. Amaziah was, a, was supposed to be this, the, he was a priest of Beth, at Bethel, and he should have been on the side of God. But this is how subtle things are in the world. And you and I are facing them every day. We're facing them every day. But we don't seem to know we're facing them. When your favorite news channel comes on, I've even thrown my, way, my favorite news channel. Thrown, I don't listen. They're not as bad as some others, but they're bad. They have their agenda. So I want to know what God's agenda is. And that's what you and I should be. God's agenda, not defending anything in the, that world system. Let's, let me tell you how bad Emma, uh, the priest had gotten in verse 10, um, Amos 7, 10. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. He did this in public, folks. Priest. Now, let me tell you what. I've seen in the last few years... Men, quote-unquote, men of God, coming against other men of God because they, they held a different view. This is what Amaziah did. This is bad. He said, the land is not able to bear all these words. So they're saying, don't, don't tell the truth lie. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. When did truth tell him to come troublemaking? Jeroboam, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go, you seer. So he had turned from being a prophet of God to a prophet of the system, a priest of the system. Listen, go, you seer. That was, that's what they named prophets in the old days. Flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread, and there prophesy. He knew he was wrong. This is what he was saying. You're just doing this for advantage. You're doing this for money. He was not telling the truth. This is what that system will do. It will work its way into you. Even though you're a woman of God or a man of God and, the, and you see the villain getting what he needs, get him, get him, get him, get him. Oh, wow. That's how subtle 
It is. That's why the Word of God says, come out from among them and be separate. That's what God means. That's what we have to do. Well, I just need to relax. Well, go to the beach. Put some blinders on and go to the beach. Go to the, take a walk in the woods if you surely need it. So he was, he was, Amaziah was just like Satan in that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And you and I have to be aware of those things. Listen, my time has gone, but this is what I want to do. I, I want to finish this at some juncture. All right? We want to do that. Let me just bless the Lord. Go ahead, give the Lord a hand if you will. Yeah. Let's just remember that we are God's people. We owe our allegiance to him first, first and foremost. He, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. So each of us, our first allegiance must be to our maker. Adam made a big mistake in the Garden of Eden when Eve ate the fruit. And uh, it, it's like Adam goes, oh, no. You did, oh, no. Well, try it. Give it to me. That's how it happened, I believe. He should have said, no, baby. God, what do we do to help Eve? But he joined her. Let's not join our brothers, our sisters, our family members in the world system because God is, is extracting us from it, extricating, removing us from it. And I sure like the way it feels.